Good morning, everybody. This is Iron Radio, episode I have no clue, a lot. Uh, this is Phil Stevens, strength coach, powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, and just all around badass motherfucker. There you go. We'll start it off non PG. So. Coach Durrell at Strength Dealing KC, uh, weightlifting coach. We, I mean, Masters Nationals is next for us, so. Old, pe- old people's weightlifting coach. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when all your clients get older. Yep. Uh, uh, oh, what we got on the news today? You said there's something about a uh, one of the top strong women ended up I killing was, herself. She was. I don't know when this. This I've heard people talking about this story before the article came out, but. This one made the New York Times, and it's like, I think her name is Beck Lorch. I believe that's her name. Okay. Uh, this one committed suicide, and the New York Times article kind of goes into, like, essentially how she got into strong, strong woman or whatever, and then how her, she got involved with a coach who put her on maybe even reluctantly from her side, put her on some sauce. Mm. And there's some, uh, I would describe it as like mental and emotional abuse allegations and all kinds of scandal, like, like he was cheating on her and sleeping with all kinds of people or whatever. And that kind of stuff. All the, all the fun Netflix yeah, all the bad things. And that all the bad things. Yeah, that uh, we were talking with my daughter last night because I don't know she was like reliving her gymnastics days, and she's like, "My coaches yelled at me." I was like, "That's what fucking coaches do." <laughs> and uh, you know, then we relived. I was like, "At least you didn't have like Russian coaches that were like pregnancy <laughs> doping you and all the badness of all that shit." There's been yeah, but there's been renowned bad things happen in coaching, and that's why like uh oh they passed some of those laws. What's the one uh like the AAU and stuff passed a law where I don't remember the name of it, but like a male coach and a female athlete like it's barred that they're alone at any time. Oh like, yeah, like good. Olivia's coach can't. Like drive her to a meet, right? Because you know, he was like, "Well, we need to go to Manhattan," and he's like, "She has to get there. I can't take her. It's just against the rules." Um, which I mean, it's sad that it has to be in place, but it's smart, you know. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, a lot of it stems from what the USAG stuff, the USA gymnastics mm-hmm. scandal with uh, mm-hmm. that trainer. Yeah, but I mean. Gymnastics and like swimming have had some like real bad stuff. Yes. Uh, I think one of the central points of the article is that strongman doesn't really have that with its governing body. Well, it doesn't have a governing body pretty much. Yeah. It it was talking about it's starting to do, you know, starting to implement some of those things. But it also talked about how, I mean, and the drugs sound like they're a problem in this case, like just how much and like how there's another athlete um, who's talking about how he was like basically pressuring all of his athletes to get on stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, giving them the whole spiel about you're not really that serious about, you know, being a champion or whatever. If you're not going to do what it takes. Da, da, da. Gotcha. And, so there's pressure from that end, then they started dating, and then there was, I don't know, he, the coach in question here was only, it was only comments were like through his lawyer, so it was always like mm-hmm. his lawyer suggested whatever, that they were like in an open relationship, and that when they, I guess they lived together for a while, and then he was, you know, sleeping around while, you know, while they were. Yeah still together but he claims that that was part of the game part of the rules or whatever mm. and then she got injured 
and then moves. I think she moved back home. And she kind of talked about some of the, well, for her, in this case, like, didn't seem like there was a ton of signs necessarily. I mean, she was making plans for the next week with friends and stuff like that. So. Gotcha. But the, the central piece of the article was about the abuse, like, the abuse, like, Power imbalance, coaching abuse, that kind of thing. Yeah, sadly, I mean, you hear a lot about that. And one thing that messes with me the most, one thing that gets me rolling, and I've talked about this with numerous of my female athletes, and I've had female athletes, numerous ones move over to me with a problem, uh, especially as it pertains to drug use. And one thing that pisses me off about a lot of coaches, and particularly like you talked about pushing drug use on their athletes, but even worse, it's for women. Um, there's sadly a lot of them that blatantly lie to women. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, the the sad fact is, I don't care what you think about drug use, whatever, whoever's listening, you know, if you're in for it or you're not. I mean, the fact is that the side effects of performance-enhancing drugs especially anabolic steroids, on women are much greater than those for men um, in a much more visible way. Like the side effects men get over time would be like, you know, heart disease and going bald and shit like that. Um, but for women, it's like drastic changes in voice and hair and, uh, you know, changes to their sexual organs and things like that. Uh, and the amount of coaches that I've seen over the years that have blatantly just lied to women or they were just so ignorant on the subject they should have never been uh, prescribing or pushing this stuff towards women is is dumbfounding to me and that's the one that pisses me off the most is like the, 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 they'll lie to these ladies and oh, it's totally safe you'll be fine no side effects at all and I've dealt with several women that have uh, their whole life has changed because of it permanently yeah. <laughs> um, and over this shit. And it's like, there's no repercussions to be had. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? And you were basically taking, you were taking unsolicited advice from somebody that doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about uh, and taking illegal substances. So it's like, what are you going to do? He, you know, you, you chose to take the illegal substances. And uh, that's a big one for me is I just tell women that, uh, you know, be very choosy and well, anybody that's going to dabble in that shit is like, it's a, it's appalling to me the amount of people that won't do their own research on hell, not even performance enhancing drugs, any drug, uh, especially after with the, like when we, when I was a kid, you didn't see prescription drug shit on the TV, but now you see it. And like, it never fails every commercial for a new prescription drug. Like one half of the commercial is them listing off. Like, you may have anal fissures, itching, scratching, heart disease. You know, it's like the there are tons of fucking side effects to these things. Uh, you know, to any any drug, it's like you need to take your time and actually educate yourself on on what you're getting into. It's not hard to find out there nowadays. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and then sadly, a lot of that, like you said, the mental. I would mix the mental and sexual abuse on the same level. Uh, they're usually intertwined. Uh, they're part of each other. So yeah, it's it's that's sad, and it's I mean that's a dark side of of the popularity of women getting into the the rise of women in in strength related sports and things like that. Uh, sadly, I mean, there's a part of that. We saw it a lot in like CrossFit as well. Like just the part of it's the low barrier of entry for. You know, coaches, like if you were to go be a CrossFit coach or something, like it gives you a level of power and authority, like really quick without mm -hmm. any oversight, especially if you're one of those people who just like, it's like you get your CrossFit level one or whatever and you open a gym like immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like you get this authority and all this like almost out of the gate for, I mean, little to no reason. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you didn't have to go through, you know, whatever. I don't deal with a ton of it because of 
like weightlifting, we have to follow safe sport guidelines yeah. and stuff. Yep. So yeah, that's what it was called, safe sport. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I mean, it has its own issues as well. So don't get me wrong there, but we have to like, you know, take like sexual harassment training and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I mean, obviously, like some of it, what kills me about some of it is like for the these type of cases, like this stuff is, you know, if you were to you know, essentially read about it or see it or something like that, it's obvious. Like you see the truth of it. Like, yeah. a lot of times people hide it, you know, both sides. Yes. And you like, oh, okay, these, this is, like, a, a bad actor in this particular case. Mm-hmm. The ones that are, like, more kind of, I guess, fuzzy sometimes are good, too. Like, okay, this is, you know, for younger athletes and, you know, vulnerable people to see, like, oh, okay, this is wrong. Like, this, this behavior is wrong. I shouldn't be... Like, like, there's a difference between you know, a coach being hard on you in training and then texting you horrible things because yeah. you didn't perform. You know, like, that kind of thing. There's, like, lines in, like, responsibilities to, to the process. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I can't count the times of, like, and that just comes down to coaching, too. But, I mean, it's a – how many athletes I've seen, especially females, that, like – at a meet, their coach is berating them and they're fucking bawling and it's like, leave them. Leave, like, you don't need to take that shit. There's, there's, yeah, there's tough coaching and it's like, get off your ass and do your shit, but like, nobody should be, like, just belittling you to the point of tears because you fucking missed a squat. You know, it's like, in the grand scheme of things, it means fuck all. You know, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's like any, any position of power, I guess, and it's overblown, of course. Like I, I would guess that the majority of coaches aren't that way, and it's just like, it's just like the police force. Uh, yeah, there are there are a small percentage of people, and I've met some that like, they literally join the police force to get that badge, and to have power over other people. Um, there are those bad apples, uh, and sadly, in today's world, those those shine above all else and in in part they should you know uh we need to talk about the bad shit that's happening but uh it seems like we don't talk about much good like when's you don't hear much about police officers or coaches like a coach doing something great for somebody rarely makes the news but uh yeah i mean it happens and sadly it, in any position of power you're going to have people that literally vie for that position to assert dominance and bad shit over other people. It's and coaching is part of that and yeah, it needs to be out of a bit and hopefully these people stand up and, and talk about it sooner than later. But sadly a lot of people take it for years, like apparently this girl. And it led to, to bad shit. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean what do you in the grand scheme of things, how do you what do we do to stop it? You know, look, I, part of it. I always feel like this is this always comes off as like, oh, but you don't understand, like you know the the abuse cycles and stuff like that. But it, at some point, it's kind of like if this feels if it feels wrong, like it probably you is. should you should talk to someone. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like maybe don't. Leap, like don't go to social media first which you know something like that but talk to someone like is yeah. you know, this person is saying x y and z to me like is this so or someone who i don't know maybe in the know like kind of yeah. in the game a little bit so it's like someone you trust like hey this is happening you know what do you think about this yeah is this right yeah so. you know yeah i don't know like, having a circle of people you trust like that you can talk to and communicate with and then like taking their advice, you know, sometimes like actually listen and say, okay, these things are creating honest boundaries with everyone really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a lot different though than the people and I've known numerous men and women that they'll like they'll be in some type of abusive relationship be it physical or mental 
and they're gravitated back towards it, and they have trouble leaving that. And uh, yeah. it's it's impossible for me to understand. Like from an outsider's view, it's like just fucking leave, go away, don't come back. And uh, but they end up doing it. And I can't tell you. I'm I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, and I can't tell you what. But uh, it, it's it's a it's definitely a problem that happens more often than it should. And uh, but like you said, yeah, you need to get out and talk about it and you know talk to other people that are dealing with it. Like, hey, is this normal? My coach is doing this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, on a uh, a brighter note, let me find it here. I wanted to go over this. So basically, I've seen it a lot on the social medias. There was a paper came out. Basically, they took the food compass, which it's a it has a scale. There's a scale for all different kinds of foods. And what they did is they took they took 24 various types of popular foods uh, in our culture and and graded them. It was a paper by Beal and Associates or whatever, uh, and other nutritional scientists. And they took the food compass and they took 24 popular foods and used the scale to grade them. And uh, the biggest one that's getting me that I've seen on, on social media is that, like, steak is way below Lucky Charms as far as foods that you should be consuming. Um, like in this instance, you got the 24 favorite foods and the top two are the only two foods that score 100 are watermelon and kale and whatever. Those don't bother me that much. I mean, I'm not a kale fan. I think it's like just eating grass, but, uh, the one that fucks with me the most is the one right below that. The third highest rated food is frosted mini wheats. <laughs> that scored an 87. So, and that's up there in the should be encouraged to eat often range. And the lowest ranked food on this guide is ground beef and steak that scores a 26. Uh, right above that is cheddar cheese. And above that is, uh, the three lowest foods are basically ground beef, steak, cheddar cheese, and whole eggs. And the highest foods up there are like a chocolate-covered almonds, Honey Nut Cheerios, Frosted Mini Wheats. I mean, <laughs> and people are wondering why this is getting backlash. And it's just it just goes back to, like, the food pyramid recently, it took a better turn for a little while. But it, this just goes to prove that it's still pretty fucked up. And I don't know how much of this is driven, how much of this scale... I can't help but think, like, how much of it is pushed by corporate agenda? Uh, meaning, like, large companies throwing money to get their shit rated higher. Uh, when you see, like, Lucky Charms, Honey Nut Cheerios, and things like that pushed towards the top. And, you know, it's, it's obvious to anybody in the fitness industry that, like, that's not a wise choice uh, of something you should eat every day. I mean, that's what I tell people when they come to me. It's like, like I use breakfast cereals. I love breakfast cereals. Like, I will devour a fucking box of Lucky Charms. But the the only times I eat breakfast cereals is when I'm trying to gain a shitload of weight because they're real <laughs> fucking good at that. And uh, it just reminds me of, like, back when I worked for T-Nation. This is back in the beginning. Uh they did a test on like breakfast cereals and their glycemic index versus just pure table sugar. And the one that scored the worst that, that spiked your insulin more than anything else was special K. And that is like the one brand that's like pushed as yeah, super yeah. healthy. And it was yeah, like, yeah. it was worse than white bread and sugar. <laughs> so, uh, just how we're fucking misconstrued by uh, media and just advertising, actually. So advertising yeah, I, dollars go a long way. 
I haven't looked at the actual like I don't even see there's I don't know I, there's not a way I could see a like a study like coming around to the conclusion that you know Lucky Charms and Frosted Mini Wheats are up high on the scale of and like the Frosted Mini Wheats I would say they usually I think they usually say like fiber. Yeah, I could see that argument, but it's like, holy shit, it's just fiber covered in sugar. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Other than that, it's just devoid of anything good. <laughs> I mean. And so, yeah, I don't, yeah, like, I don't understand how any of the stuff is even allowed to come out because it kind of destroys your credibility immediately. Like, it's like, oh, if, if you're in the know or you actually work with people in terms of health or anything like that, a list like that is, just, you know, laughable, essentially. Like, you're just like, yeah, oh, okay. Exactly. And that's, you know, part of the issue is like, how did they come to this? Like, like canned pineapple in heavy syrup scores <laughs> markedly higher than eggs, cheddar cheese, and steak. Uh, it's a can of pure fucking sugar, you know? Uh, so, I mean, you can see yeah. how, for us, it's laughable, but the problem is you can see how the gen pop, I mean, let's be honest, even in today, the age of the internet where you have all this information at your fingertips, like the general population is fucking clueless as far as nutrition goes. Oh yeah. And they will follow this shit. Like, oh I need to eat canned pineapple. You know, and yeah. heavy syrup. That's that's where the problem is. Uh but yeah. I mean the eggs thing who out there is hating on eggs? That's, I don't because that eggs eggs always end up at the bottom. They do, uh, and always it's they're they're always fucking hated. Like oh oh my god, it's fucking horrible. <laughs> and there's some uh, secret conglomerate of people who are trying to take down eggs for some reason. The only reason I hate them now is they went up to like nine dollars a dozen, so <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking afford them. But that's why I have chickens. So, uh, you know, chickens are the new Bitcoin, man. You just get a few, and you're going to be fucking just get a chicken farm. Rolling in the dough. Yep. But, yeah, the the cereal thing, too. And now, if you did, let's say you took, like, the power of the lobbying group, Mm -hmm. like, General Mills is up there. Like, those type, like, they're, and they they have some far-reaching lobbying powers, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like General Mills type companies. I mean, yep. those are huge companies. So if you took it from that standpoint, it could just be a, a chart of who has, like, who essentially has the most lobbying power. And that's what I'm guessing. That's, sadly, that's what I'm guessing. I mean, one has to at least let that conclusion be, uh, well, what's the right word for it? I mean, it's, not acceptable, but I mean, you got to come to the conclusion that that's at least um, plausible that that is happening. When you look at these, like, how else could they come to this conclusion? You know, there's probably that going on. It has to that that guide has to have something to do with the amount of lobbying that's happening. Because how else do you come to the conclusion that fucking breakfast cereal is better than eggs and meat and cheese? Uh, I just don't understand it, but. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, well, I'm not opposed to cheese being involved. Cheese is gross, but <laughs> but that's a personal <laughs> choice. I mean, like you still like nutritionally, it would be yeah. real fucking hard. You'd have a hard time like convincing me that yeah, that cheddar cheese is a lot better for you than breakfast cereal. Yeah. Here, look at the science. The science says fuck you, bro. It's shit. You know, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, you can see where the average person is just confused as fuck. And we wonder that. Like, oftentimes I look, it's like, how does is, how is the average person in this country just so overweight and and out of shape? And part of it is the foods that are pushed on us. And I'm sorry, you have to take some personal fucking responsibility. If you just can't, as a person, like, I know when I'm eating a bowl of breakfast cereal, I'm not thinking, fuck, man, I'm going to be in great shape here in three weeks from eating this shit. <laughs> Uh, there is a bit of personal responsibility that has to go on and some self-awareness about what you're throwing in your mouth. Uh, but, I mean, that's me. I'll eat the stuff, but at least I know I'm eating like an asshole when I'm doing it. And I'm okay with that. 
uh, the average person sometimes doesn't know that. And they literally think they're doing something good. Like, there is somebody out there that's eating a can of fucking pineapple and heavy syrup that thinks they're doing the right fucking thing to get in shape. It's the sad part. Uh, because of this scale. Yeah. Like, I turned down the ground beef. And I went for the fucking heavy syrup and pineapple, so I won. That's my win for the day. That, like, that was their fucking win because they decided to swap those two things because this scale says to. Uh, the other thing is, like, the, is, this is going back to the still, like, cholesterol and saturated fat being mm-hmm. the, like, I mean, enemy number one in terms of health. Like, that has always been the kind of underlying factor on steak and those kind of things like cholesterol and all this which i mean saturated fats i think they still have some issues in terms of health stuff if your you know primary or fundamentals are not in order right Mm -hmm. like if you're just eating a crazy amount of saturated fat it's gonna be a problem but Cholesterol usually is not had the worst associations in the last seven years, and then, but like cereals and those kind of foods have. I don't understand the the leap to get back to those. But besides for the fact that the higher the cholesterol in that in that factor, right? Like that yeah. that philosophy of like the higher the cholesterol, the worse the food. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where I think that's where a lot of the hate on eggs comes from, because, of course, they are high in cholesterol. But from my understanding, it's high in good cholesterol. And and then there's that new debate about, like, dietary cholesterol versus body cholesterol and how, like, what you eat, eating high cholesterol foods is shown to have a very small impact on your cholesterol level, whereas eating, eating things like, processed sugars and things which are essentially cholesterol free tend to skyrocket your fucking cholesterol um so there's that whole argument too and like 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 you said eggs are up and down like one day they're fucking horrible for you and the next day that and milk eggs and milk are the two things that are just fucking attacked all the time uh i'm sorry it's hard for me to to grasp that i mean because you're talking, I mean, if I were to make a pyramid of good and bad shit, generally most of the good things would tend to be as close as they can get to the way you find them outside. You know, like an apple off a fucking tree compared to some kind of like fruit bar that has been smashed and mashed, like a fruit roll-up that has apple in it, you know. We've taken so many steps away from what it was outside that it's hard to convince me that it's great for you. Uh, generally, the less processed, the better. Be it a steak, an apple, uh, you know, milk, whole grains. Like, if you go show me somebody that's going to sit down to a bowl of like fucking just wheat off the husk. <laughs> like, it's not fucking delicious, but it's probably good for you. Uh, in in ways. So, uh, the more you bombard them with bullshit, uh, the sad thing is the more, like most things targeted to people as super healthy are usually processed to hell. Uh, aside from like kale and shit like that. But I mean, kale just became popular. I don't know. I think it became popular because literally it tastes like shit. So it's like, it became this thing like you're a fucking badass and you're super healthy if you can fucking stomach this. So people did it like they eat it out of like they don't enjoy it. I I, I can't buy that anybody enjoys sitting down to a big fucking bowl of kale. They're doing it to earn themselves points in their head. I'm like I fucking ate that bowl of bullshit and I hated every minute of it, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't believe it. you can't make me believe that somebody literally enjoys kale. Like you put that shit in a smoothie. And you have to put a bunch of other shit in there so you don't taste it. So that's how you choke that shit down. Uh, and I'm sure kale has some 
great properties to it. It probably has some fucking vitamins and fiber and shit that's good for you. But I'm sorry, there's other ways to get to it. So, like drench it in bacon grease. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's like people that make greens, man. Of course that shit's delicious. It's fucking bullshit greens and like plant leaves that have been cooked in like bacon grease. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Uh, but I mean, that's the same thing. You look at ethnic cultures. I talk about it all the time. Like ethnic food, be it like Mexican, South American, Indian, like they can turn a butthole and make it fucking delicious. Did they do that on purpose? No. They did that because they fucking need to eat every part of the animal because they're poor. Like, if they had a choice, I'm not thinking they would eat buttholes. <laughs> they did that because, man, we need to make this animal stretch out. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's just a lot of confusion in the field as far as still to this day, like, the nutrition side of it is where most people are just confused as shit. Like the training side, not so much. So, because there's there's not as much conflicting opinions in uh in training as there is nutrition. So, and people take food as like it's emotional. Food is emotional, much more emotional than training is. So, but I mean that's part of culture. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll say this like so. With food, it's kind of like, it's like just a confirmation bias where it's like, oh, oh, thank goodness, these foods that I really enjoy are at the top of the list, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I love cereal, so I'll eat more of it. Mm-hmm. In terms of training, like, what percentage of the population do you think actually, like, works out? Oh, it's I'm probably actually curious about actually trains. Like, I would just say if you – Hold, I don't even say poll, but like of the United States population, how many of them get out of like out of 52 weeks a year that they go to the gym at least three days a week consistently for those 52 weeks with maybe two weeks off or something? It's in the single digits. It is no more than 9%. And I, my guess it's probably under five. I would yeah, guess. So even if you train poorly, like just go in and like most people just don't like working out, period. You know what I mean? Like at all. Like they don't understand. They can't connect the dots to like feeling good or anything like that. I mean, food, you got to eat it every day pretty much. Yes. Unless you listen to the fasting people, which I mean, I don't know. I don't know who's worse is like the government (laughs) or the intermittent fasting goofballs these days, but. Like, so in terms of training, if you actually step into the gym, like with the intent, with true intent, I think that number is so low. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I was going to say less than 20%, at least. Less than 20%. You're being, yeah, I think you're being. That's like way too generous. Yeah, yeah, way too generous. I'm including people who go to the gym and like just walk on the treadmill. That's still too high. I think so, because, I mean, you look at this, and let's say there's a 100, I live in a smallish town, 150,000 people. 20%, that means there's 30,000 people going to the fucking gym here. I'm not buying it, man, because every gym here would be fucking loaded all the time. Like, they would be standing room only. It's got to be single digits, man. I, uh, there's no way. Uh, sadly, I mean, now if we start counting in, like, what are we counting as training? Like, can they go for a walk or a jog like three, four times a week? Does that count as? I'll, I'll include that. I don't like to, but I'll, I'll include that in this case. Like, yeah, you, then you're probably getting up to 20% maybe. They, they do some kind of physical activity. You know, you like, start mixing in yoga and Pilates and jogging and yeah. shit like that, then probably 20% of the population, which is still sad. Yeah, like one out of five people that yes. you encounter. And like they all, everyone signs up for gym memberships, but like of yes. people who actually go and like with intent, I think yeah. that's an important distinction. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, like I said, I think you're, because I probably like going to a gym to actually train, I would say your 20% is probably the amount of people that like sign up at New Year's. 
Yeah. And then that dwindles very quickly by February back to single digits or maybe low, like low tens, teens. Uh, because literally how many, like one out of a hundred people, two out of a hundred people that sign up in on January 1st actually fucking commit and make it through a year. I would say is probably a good guess. I mean, it's very few that actually show the fuck up. Now they keep paying their bill for the whole year. But a lot of people just pay that gym membership to say they have a gym membership. It makes them feel good, you know. Yeah. So, and that's what those companies are counting on. So they count on those people. That's how they make their, that's how they, that's how like crunch and lifetime fitness and all them keep their doors open by people not showing the fuck up. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's a smart business model, but it's one I don't agree with, but. Like, I want people to show up. So, like, if you don't show up, I'm going to fire your ass. <laughs> so, it's like, literally, that's your job. Your job is to pay me and show the fuck up. So, if you don't show up, you're gone. So, I'd rather not have your money. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would be more curious about that. Like, I look at stuff and, like, some insurance companies keep that kind of data. But it's not very good. Yeah. I want someone who's like in the know in terms of training people who could look at it across all factors, including the boot camps and the orange theories and the, mm-hmm. you know, F45s and the whatever and CrossFit stuff and all like, all like gyms. So there's like a central reporting. Yeah, but you literally have to like, go and actually talk to the facilities because you couldn't do a questionnaire because people lie on those. Like the average right. person's going to lie and say, oh, yeah, I work out four days a week. And yeah. no, you don't. I know. Exactly. Yeah. I, I agree. That's just right. like those questionnaires we took in school. Like I remember the drug test, the drug questionnaires. And we'd lie all the time just to fucking be funny. Like, yeah, I take crack cocaine when I was 14. I was like, no, I don't, <laughs> but I'm going to say I do on this just to fuck up the survey. So... <laughs> <sighs> Like you gotta, like my guess is always like people who actually train. Like I would even say people we like this audience is like maybe less than five percent. Like truly trained, like they lift weights. Oh, you know what they like performance, some sort of performing thing. I would even say like uh, if we talked about standards last week. Yeah. Like if you have the baseline standard of, you know, what, what we were talking about, like everyone had, you know, those, what percentage, even the deadlift one, that's the simplest one, yep. 405 deadlift, what percentage of the population of men could get to that 405? Oh, it has to be extremely low. Is like, it, are, you, you're in the, are you in the 1% if you can deadlift 405? Probably, sadly. And that's the, that's the problem we have in this, in the strength field. That's the problem also we have with, with like clients, like uh, my training partner deadlifts 550. And of course he thinks that's shit. You know, he's happy because it's much higher than he used to be. But like because of our, we have a bias from being in this population. And because of social media, you think you're weak as shit when in reality, like he is literally at 550 deadlift at 45 years old. He is probably in the 1% of strength in the world for his age group. And you don't realize that. <laughs> it's easy to not see that. And it's good. It's good that you, at one aspect, it's good to think you fucking still suck and you want to do better. Um, that's a personality trait that people have to have to be great. But uh, yeah, at I mean, the same you, time, you need to look and like actually realize that, man, I'm doing pretty fucking good. So. I mean, you have like the, essentially the arc of like, what you're capable of, like yeah. if you if you could know that somehow, like what yeah. you're truly capable of, and like how close you are to that, versus like what everyone else is doing, yeah, like the average population and all that stuff. And oh yeah, I'd say it's much lower. I mean, the average man, I'd sadly, the average man in the world, their deadlift is probably in the two hundreds, I would guess. 
That's if you took all men. If like you probably took all men in the world, it's like, you know, 275 or something. It's probably something ridiculously fucking low. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's, I agree to like maybe in the 220s, maybe yeah. two plates. Sadly. I mean, but look at the population now. Like, it's just bad. Like, yeah. like we talk really about it all bad. the time. And I think it's changed drastically in, you know, 30 years. But it's changed super drastically because just look so outside. Fun. When we were kids, parks and playgrounds were full of people being active. Oh, yeah. Just generally active. And now, like, I go past a basketball court or a tennis court or a field or a park, and it's fucking empty. You know? <laughs> like, like when I was a kid, all we did was go outside, and if we played some sport or some bullshit game every day. Like, it, there was a pickup basketball game, pickup baseball game, pickup football game, where we'd knock the shit out of each other every day. And that doesn't happen now. You know, you don't see kids out climbing trees and, and shit like that. Like, on one aspect of that, like, the emergency room was full, is less full of people, like, <laughs> breaking arms and shit. And it's now it's full of, like, 10 year olds with type 2 diabetes. <laughs> so it's changed. They're just as busy as ever, but it used to be, like, orthopedic issues. Oh, little Johnny broke his wrist because he was fucking skateboarding and tried to do the half pipe. And now it's like, no, little Johnny's pancreas is fucked because he ate too many Snickers bars. Uh, it's changed. So, yeah, I mean, sadly, the world's population, and I can, I mean, the only reason I say this is because the average kid I get, you know, the yeah. average kid I get today compared to even 20 years ago, like, they can't do shit. Like, if I get a kid that can do a correct push-up, I'm amazed. Like, let alone a fucking chin-up. Holy shit. If like, you are a top fucking kid. If you come into me as a 12-year-old and can actually do a pull-up, you are a fucking badass. So. Yeah. yeah I, I, would, I mean, it's hard to standardize that across, you know, like the United States. But I would include a few things. Just like, uh, I remember the Lean Games dude wrote a, I think the blog post is it's called Fuck Around Itis. And he had yeah. some like general general standards in there that I thought were pretty good. And it was like deadlift, pull up, whatever. Like, but like women who could do like a pull up and squat a plate, like squat 135 for. Yeah. Like, that's not crazy or, you know, anything like that. But it's like, what percentage of people actually is getting there, like truly training and getting there? Cause mm-hmm. you know how many people I see like in the popular space who do the goofiest that like, you know, women are doing all these weird glute things. They're getting getting into the hack squat machines backwards, which is so weird to me. But to do all these different things, like, but if you actually test them, like, just a regular squat, what could they get to? I think 135 would be a stretch. You know what I mean? Like 135, 5, whatever. For women? Yeah. Oh, it'd be a huge stretch. <laughs> <laughs> The fucking bar would be a stretch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but all that glute stuff you would expect. All right, maybe they got some legs and glutes doing something. Oh no, no. The average Not. the average person is going to buy an ass before they build an ass. Like they're <laughs> going to go Kim Kardashian and pay for some implants. You know, that's way too much fucking work to like do a lunge. Like that's not happening. Yeah, well, so. I mean, look if you. Lucky you guys. It sounds like you guys are in the one one percent. If you, I mean, if you, hell, if you squat four or five, you're in the one percent of one percent now. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's that's the thing is that people don't realize that people they get into the fitness field, and it's worse now. Like social media is great because it gives you a community. Even if you train alone, it gives you a community, and that's been going on since like. Like, when I got into it for a while, it was the forums and stuff were the big thing. That's where you got your community of like-minded people to talk to. And now it's like social media has expanded that Instagram and shit. Like, you see videos all the time. So you judge yourself on a scale that is uh, a skewed scale by the the bubble you decide to live in. So you think you're shit, but it's realized that, man, when you add in all these other people, you're fucking pretty badass. So, uh 
because like today, and I'll still stick by this. I think like today we have more freaks than ever and big son of a bitches. Like look at the NFL compared now compared to 40 years ago. Like the average size of the person has probably went up 50 pounds and they're leaner. But, uh, the average person has, <laughs> is probably 50, 50 pounds heavier and fatter. Uh, <laughs> And a lot of that has to do with the availability of food. I still 100% buy that. Like, the availability of food is the best thing that happened of this bullshit food. Like, eating like an asshole is a big reason why we have, and drugs, of course, but eating like an asshole is a huge reason why we have so many big sons of bitches. Like, they can't do that without massive amounts of easily attainable, easily digested food, calories. Like, they, you have to have that. Um, but it's that same thing is also what's causing the obesity epidemic and, like, type 2 diabetes and lots of health issues. So those two things go hand in hand. It's how you decide to use those that excess of easily attainable calories. Like, you don't find many. Like, if you went to the jungles in Thailand where people are eating, like, nothing but shit they can pick and hunt, like, you're not going to find some dude that's 275 and fucking jacked. <laughs> you know, you just don't do it. Uh, now you get in the city and you can find those people because they have an excess amount of time on their hands and to just do training and, uh, and eat food. So, yeah. One last thing I want to get your thoughts on, uh, Eddie Hall just announced that, well, he's officially retired from Strongman and stuff, but now he has set his eyes onto competing in bodybuilding. <laughs> and he's he's going to get in shape and become a bodybuilder and compete in 2024. So he's dropping from currently 360. So, you know, I I actually think I mean it'll be a good thing for bodybuilding. He won't place high. No, but but here's the thing, like his so like you look at Thor and if he like if he leans down, I like guess pretty lean. I would guess that their physiques would actually look more palatable to like the. Uh, I think so too. Uh, they're gonna like, look. They're gonna look strong. Like there's yeah. a different look to somebody that's lean and strong, and somebody that's lean. And trained to be big. Yeah. Like, especially in their back. It's usually their back really shows the difference. It's like, oh, fuck, that dude's jacked. <laughs> you know? Plus, if you look at even like Thor, like Thor, when he, uh, when he got lean ish, not like yeah. bodybuilding lean, his, his still overall figure was like, kind of like old school, mm -hmm. like almost like a, not, there, trust me, I'm not comparing, but yeah. in the Arnold range, where yes. it's like he's still wider up top, he had like a narrow waist and yeah. had legs, you know. Eddie Hall, I would assume, I don't know, he's a little bit thicker in the middle, so maybe he'll kind of have, he'll look a little bit more like the the normal bodybuilder, I guess. Yeah, he's built more like a tree trunk, but that's just how he's built, you know. Yeah. I mean, but he's that fits like the new look, right, where you have like that yes. big midsection. Yeah. <clears throat> like the taper, like the actual, like, where you have the lats that go real wide. You have the thin waist, like the old. Yeah, you got look. lats that are twice as wide as your waist. And yeah. yeah. So. No, and I think uh, Lonnie talked about this a lot. You can tell the difference in somebody who's, like, there are plenty of dudes that are big and, like, went to the Olympian stuff. But there was a difference in the guys that were, had been doing it for 20 years and were actually strong. There's a difference in that, well, I mean, there's a difference in drug muscle that was put on in several months and, like, drug muscle <laughs> that was put on over years. Like, uh, they're both doing drugs. But, I mean, like, you can puff up some big-ass muscles pretty quick if you try to. Whereas somebody, there's a density to it that you can see. Like, it doesn't look like something you could pop with a pin. It's like, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the look he'd get. He'd probably, like you said, I, I'm not sure he'd ever uh, place high, 
but I think part of that's due to his build. Most most high-ranking bodybuilders I've met are actually fairly slight of build. Like they have a smaller frame. And so at least the old-time ones. Uh, so they had a smaller waist and things like that and smaller wrists. And it made them appear in pictures fucking huge because of the size of their, their structure. So you, the muscle bellies and things just look more gigantic. It's harder. It would be harder for Eddie Hall to look fucking huge or Thor than some dude that's like five six and naturally like 119 pounds, and he blows up to 250. Yeah, you know he's it's just packed a sh- yeah he's packed. They've packed a shit ton of muscle on a very small frame, and they look impressive in a picture. And then you meet them in person, it's like you're not that fucking big. <laughs> you look giant on the f- cover of Flex, but. So, yeah, I mean those those physiques just never. Nothing is appealing about the current bodybuilding type physique. No, and I think that's why it fell out. Of, it fell out of popularity because of that too. I think that maybe like a little bit of increased drug education, not yeah. much. No, so, but like you look at the old, like the old bodybuilders, um, Arnold up to. I mean, I think it went to the freak level with, like, Ronnie Coleman. Yes. No, but I agree. Pre-Coleman, right? Yeah. Those physiques, you, you know, you saw, like, the narrow waist. Mm-hmm. Even, like, you look at Lou Ferrigno, and he would look more normal compared to, like, yeah. well, uh, guys who do stuff now. I think part of that is, and I think part of bodybuilding's fall was that. And it's, like, I think the average person could look at Lou Ferrigno or Arnold and say to themselves, like, I could fucking do that if I wanted to. If I really fucking tried, I think I could get there. But I think the average person looks at Ronnie Coleman and it's like, holy fuck, I couldn't do that. (laughs) It's just, it's unattainable when they see that. And they, like, even if they, they know something's wrong there, even if, like the average person is dumb as shit as far as PEDs go, and like they may think that Ronnie Coleman's 100 percent natural, uh, but they at least think he's like a genetic one of one, and yeah. like nope, not attainable to me. Whereas Arnold's it was like, yeah, I could be Conan, you know. <laughs> and there were kids that grew up with that, like thinking I want to be Conan. What percentage of kids grow up and say I want to be Ronnie Coleman? It has to be super small, because yeah. they actually look like a fucking freak. So. Um, Anyway, all right, well, that's been an hour, so we'll cut it there. So everybody have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy uh, the, the, what is it, the divisional round of the playoffs, things like that. Jarrell's right there, and the, it's going to be loud down where you live. So, yeah, hopefully. All right, guys, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>